everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Um, awesome. Because Michelle's back, baby. Oh, reunited and it feels so good. Your what are you going to continue is on? Than mine, so you I stopped. went so low. <laughs> She's in Oregon. Uh, it does. It's. I'm so excited to be doing yeah. the podcast like live with you. Absolutely. Oh, it's just. It's so much more fun. We've been it like is. spending the last. I don't know, like hour and a half, bitching and drinking. Yeah, and it's been the best. <laughs> I know this might be a sloppy episode, but <laughs> yeah, we're like well into our third drink, <laughs> right? Man. Uh, but welcome back, Michelle. Oh, welcome back to Oregon. Beautiful. It is beautiful. It's been, I don't know. It's like I was driving around and it's uh-huh. just like everything's so familiar. Right. It's just, uh, it's nice being back. Absolutely. It feels like home, I mm-hmm. will say. And it's like, oh, yeah. And so we're going to try to pre record several episodes. So, yeah. Because I be just, great. I like them with you. Yeah, I know. It's just a different. Zoom sucks. Yeah. It's a different dynamic, you know, and because when you're drinking alone, it's a little sad, you know, (laughs) even though you're on Zoom, you know, you got to go take a nap and uh, it's not fun. Oh, goodness. But I'm probably going to have to go take a nap later anyway. Yeah, same. (laughs) Uh, But what are we drinking, Michelle? Uh, Sour Apple Dazzlers. Is that where we landed? Yeah, that's where we landed on. So we decided that we needed to maybe use up some of our alcohol that we had from all of the various yeah. episodes. So it's starting to add up. So yeah. So this one, um, and it actually turned out remarkably delicious, Tasty. I yeah. will say. So over ice, we poured, I would say probably a full shot of sour apple pucker. Yeah. And then probably about a half a shot of vodka. Yeah. And about a half a shot of lemon juice. Mm-hmm. And then we topped it with club soda. Yep. If you like something sour, ooh, it's very tasty. It's very tart. And you can even make it more sour if you add more lemon juice. So I think you could easily do this with like watermelon pucker or strawberry. Oh, I like, yeah. I think any kind of pucker, you're good to go. Yeah. And yeah, this is like our third one. The pucker is gone. We drank it all. Thank goodness. <laughs> no more pucker for a little bit. Yeah. Go through other things. Yeah, it's um, super yummy. and Yeah. mm, mm. So please enjoy that. uh, These dazzlers, if you will. Absolutely. We had to get crazy. We were not pleased with sparkler. We wanted to like kind of do it up a little bit more. Yeah, we Googled synonyms for sparkler. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Pop that thesaurus open. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, do we just jump into it? Yeah, go for it, Before it gets too messy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think this last one, because I was trying to kill the bottle, uh-huh. is maybe a little bit stronger. Okay, great. So. Well, thank you, Michelle. <laughs> You're done. You're done. <laughs> All right, get us started, Caitlin. All right, so this story is about Jack Gershman. Jack Gershman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So it is July 3rd, 2020, and Jack right. is 15 years old. Okay. Jack and his dad, Ari... He's 46 years old. Uh, They went off-roading in their new red Rubicon Jeep that they uh, got the day before. So they're like out ready to have a good time. They're having a fun time. And they're in Tahoe National Forest. Okay. So they're boo, boo, boo. Yeah, I love Tahoe. It's gorgeous. So then they stopped because they stopped at a fork in the road. And they're trying to get their bearings because they're trying to remember 
where they came from. So which way do they go? Do they go left? Do they go right? Okay. They're unsure. So they're just out, like, driving around, having a good time. Yeah. And then maybe have lost their bearings a little. Yes. Okay. But that's when a blue ATV pulls up behind them. So oh. Ari's just like, oh, we can just ask him directions because that's why he stopped. Okay. But before he could do that, the guy driving the ATV starts shooting at them. What? Yeah. This is a shocking revelation. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So then Ari hits the gas and just speeds off during one of these directions. Like, he's trying to get out he's of just, there. fuck it, we gotta go. Yeah, but this guy is just shooting bullets at him, and one rips through the seat, gets him right in the back. What? Yeah. I know, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, can I pause you right there, yeah. Caitlin? <laughs> yes. um, are we going to have resolution as to why the shooting is happening? Oh, Ish. Okay. Ish. Okay. Just, just, just listen. Okay. Shut okay. Up. I'm sorry. No spoilers. Uh, okay. You're like fucking. We're done with live forever. <laughs> we're going back to Zoom. <laughs> so he sped off, but even though he was shot, he was able to still stop, so Jack could get out of the car. Oh. So unfortunately, Jack jumps out of the car. Ari falls out of the car as well, but his shots are fatal. Oh, so he, I so know. Dad has died. Yes. But Jack doesn't know that. I know, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Caitlin! I know, it's starting off so sad. I know, it's awful. But so Jack just runs into the forest. Mm. He just runs as fast as he can to try to get away. So he tries to call police, but he has no service. He's in the middle of the forest. There's just no service. But he knows the higher he gets, the more likely he can get service. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So he continued to climb and continued to climb. And luckily, he was able to get a signal. So Jack is not shot himself. No. It's just dad that got shot. Okay. Jack Mm -hmm. is unharmed at this moment. So he was able to get through... And police told him, okay, stay where you are. We're sending helicopters your way. Okay. But now it's around like 6 p.m. And it's getting dark. I was going to say night is coming. Yeah. And Jack phones dies. Like, the phone is dead. Well, that would be me. Like, I go out of the house. I probably have 10% battery, like, as we speak. How? (laughs) I popped it on the charger while I showered. But then I had to go again. Well, you just do it at night. That's what I do. Like, when you go to bed, plug it in. Well, I always read at night. And so, but can you plug it in and well, read at the I same like time? To maybe sometimes turn the other way, so I gotta unplug it, and it's okay, a whole thing. I'm just done. She's like, "Fuck you." I have like a ten foot like charger. Well, but I don't like it on me. It's just a cord. Okay, we're okay. We're done. You're done. Okay, so Jack hears the helicopters come, but they could not locate him because. It was too dark. He was in the brush. He was waving his arms, but they just couldn't see him. I can't even imagine how heartbreaking and, like, despairing that would feel. Like, knowing that help is just there, but you just can't get it. Exactly. So they leave, and Jack curls up next to a bush and, like, tries to fall asleep. But what Jack didn't know is that the sheriff's department arranged a canine team to track him in the morning. Oh, good. Okay. So Jack pulled his shirt over his legs to keep him warm in the 50-degree mountain air. Hmm. He's covered in bug bites, worrying about bears and a man with a gun. And his probably poor dad. Like, what happened to him? He's not here with me. Yeah. I want to know what this fucking man with the gun was doing. 
Well, so he states a few times I'd wake up because I had a dream of a helicopter, a helicopter coming and getting me. But every time I got into the helicopter, I would wake up again. Like how awful. (laughs) I already hate those dreams. Like you get ready in the morning and then you wake up. It's like, I have to do that again. Like (laughs) uh, terrible. So he did get a little sleep and the sunrise woke him up. Oh, okay. So now Jack makes his way to a stream and falls it towards a dam whose lights he saw last night. So he could oh, see, like, I see. in the distance, there's a dam. People will be there. That makes such. sense. Yeah, that's probably where I'd want to head. But now the canine units are on the hunt for Jack with Champ and Beto to lead the way. <laughs> I love Champ and Beto already. I know. Uh, they're two German shepherds. Uh! <laughs> German Shepherds are my favorite. I know. But now it's 4 p.m. this next day. And Michelle's also missing her dog. So thanks for that. Okay, back to Jack. So it's 4 p.m. and Beto alerts to a faint sound while Champ alerts to them to a human scent. Mm. So then Jack can hear his name being called out and he follows the voices and he is found. (gasps) Yay. I know. He spent 30 hours alone in the forest. That's feels like a long time it is a long time especially just in a t-shirt and shorts yeah and not knowing what's going on and are you being hunted down by this crazy person Mm -hmm. a few hours later he is reunited with his mom Paige, ari's cousin marlo and jack's brother evan Mm. Paige states he was filthy head to toe his eyes like saucers in shock i grabbed on and he was hugging me back and he's not much of a hugger oh i just kept saying over and over to ari please just help him get out of there there is no rhyme or reason or logic to how he got a cell signal no one in that area can get a signal ever and it was ari's way of helping oh i know and try not to cry i know isn't that so sad i do feel like there's so often where you know these survivors like kind of have like a miraculous break Mm. like something is there i don't know what some little bit of magic right is there to sort of help him and get him to safety or whatever you know like the cell signal yeah you know it's like no one can get cell signal, but somehow... He was able to. He was able to. Yeah. You know. And then his oh. phone died. Like... Yeah. But he was able to call for help first. Yeah. You know, you know. So... Exactly. Anyway. Okay. So after Jack was found, a man on a blue ATV <gasps> attempted to ram a police checkpoint that they put up to try to find... What is up with this motherfucker? So police started a chase with him. He was firing shots at them, and so they were firing shots back and then let the canines get him. Oh. So the canines took care of the job again as well. So the man is now arrested. And Yay. he had to go to the hospital for injuries because of the Whatever. Dog, but No one yeah, gets a shit. Exactly. So this man was John Conway, and he's 40 years old. Mm. And he actually shot at two other people that same day, but they survived from their injuries. So he's just on a rampage. He is. So they, so police came and got them to the hospital. And as they got them to the hospital, that's when Jack's call came in to them saying, hey, so this guy he shot went at to us. these other two people, bam, 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 mm-hmm. and then was like, "I'm off." And then poor Jack and Ari were anyone in the wrong he place came across. Yeah, oh, wow, isn't that crazy? 
So I, it's hard to understand. I don't want Yeah. So, well, in 2019, this guy, John, he was one of the most wanted fugitives in Butte County. Mm. He had an outstanding felony warrant for vandalism, battery, and two counts of making terrorist threats. What? My word. Yeah. So January of 2020, so this is before this has happened. Okay. He pled no contest to a felony vehicle theft charge as part of a plea deal and received a split sentence. So he eight months in jail and three years stayed. So he was able to be released. And they're unclear why he was released, hmm. which is weird because um, if he still has all those warrants out, it's just... It's just yeah. bizarre. It was probably like overcrowding or COVID or some stupid shit. It could be. Like, That's true. 2020. I yeah. mean, could be. But a warrant was issued for his arrest June 10th after he violated his probation. Okay. So there's now another warrant out for his arrest. So this doesn't happen until July 3rd. Okay. So Okay. So in he's June, out, he had the warrant. Yes. But he's still at large come July. Yes. When poor Ari and Jack encountered him. Okay. Yeah. So... He was charged with murder, attempted murder, robbery, assault with a deadly weapon on a peace officer, unlawful discharge of a firearm at an occupied vehicle, and felon in possession of a firearm. Mm. So right now, he is still in the court. Like, it hasn't been sentenced yet. These oh. are the charges that are against him so far. So who knows where it's going to end up. Correct. Yes. They do have a GoFundMe uh, because Paige has been diagnosed with cancer. And I know, and undergoing chemo. So the GoFundMe was part of the funeral costs, the chemo treatments, doctor appointments, family counseling, and daily expenses. Oh God! The goal was six hundred fifty thousand dollars, and so far they raised six hundred thirty-eight thousand seven hundred eighteen dollars. Oh shit! A lot. Yeah. Nice. But I mean. I mean, really, what is money in all this? Exactly. But something that's positive is as of one year after, so 2021 in July, uh, Paige is now in uh, is now in remission mm. of her cancer. And so so she said she should be cured, oh. as doctors say. <laughs> I know, right? God. Even though Jack was so brave and strong, it sounds like his whole family is just loving people and stuff even though ari unfortunately did not make it it sounds like they have a big support system and jack was so brave just to run out into the forest yeah and he knew exactly what to do he knew to call call get some yeah he He had his miraculous cell reception yeah so he knew like to call police i don't have a signal oh go higher so i can have better reception Mm. and yep magically he got reception enough time to call for help phone dies i mean i don't even really like to go camping because i don't know what's in the girl have you even met me (laughs) i mean you don't know what's in the forest y'all so yeah and already knowing that there's a guy with a gun trying to shoot at you how crazy is that and just not knowing why i think okay my my uh take on this whole thing yeah like my idea is maybe because he's wanted so they could tell them where he is. Mm. You know, maybe he is well known, he may think, because I'm sure criminals are a lot of narcissists, you know. Probably. And so anyone knows where he's at, 
kill them you know mm, yeah i could see that like they know who i am i better just take care of them right and it's like obviously we don't know who the fuck you are because you're pretty much a no one yeah Sorry exactly you're a dirtbag no one cares about you yeah but he wants to make for a name for himself of course so that's why we only say his name once because he does not need the clout for this that's correct right. that's correct yes fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it's just I just, I don't understand people's reasoning for killing people. I mean, I just don't understand. I do wonder sometimes, you know, because you're going to get to know a little bit about me mm. right now. But I played this one game, uh, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid, and it's a lot like Call of Duty, but uh-huh. it was sort of a precursor to the, well, anyway, it was okay. on PlayStation 3. I played it all the time, but... It's like you'd get a headshot and uh-huh. it'd be super satisfying. Right. And so I was like, is that what people are kind of going for? Is that sort of fulfillment you get from, you know, taking someone down in one shot or, you know? And- yeah. I mean, it's hard because it's like, are people that delusional between, you know, reality and a video game? Well, yeah. You know? And I, I brought, actually brought this up with mm-hmm. a friend of mine who was yeah. in the military and everything. And he's like, no, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. But also, like, there was this guy, and he killed his mom and sister. But he's like, it wasn't like the movies. It wasn't like one shot. Like, it was several times, and that was traumatizing because they didn't die after I shot them once. It's like, no. I don't know. People just get so desensitized with movies and video games, maybe. But even so, like, I watch, I listen to true crime all the time, but I'm not fantasizing, like, About killing people. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely not. It's just so bizarre to me. But it's, I think that's why people like true crime so much, because it's, like, something so far-fetched that someone would do that it's interesting to hear. It's almost fascinating. Yeah, exactly. You can't even imagine doing that in your real life. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So... It's Ugh. just bizarre. But it's unfortunately that Jack had to live that in real life. But luckily, he was so smart. He was strong. He was brave, even in that circumstance of stress and sadness yeah. that he um, was able to survive. So good job on you, Jack. Indeed. So sorry for your loss. Absolutely. So, uh, so hopefully the family can heal together and just have the support and it looks like there's a lot of support around them already so well and i'm glad mom's doing better absolutely Uh, i mean i couldn't even imagine my husband died i'm diagnosed with cancer it's like really this is the worst year in my whole life seriously oh god but she has three kids she had the two boys and a young daughter who was Mm. 10 so i think hopefully you're doing great Thank you for letting us share well, your story. I'm glad that they have raised a lot of money. Yes. And I hope they raise more. Yeah. It's just one Absolutely. more thing that you don't have to worry about. Exactly. Like, in your whole nightmare life. <laughs> that sounds awful. When but... it comes down to it, it's all about money, honestly. Oh, to live comfortably and, you know, especially in the U.S. with medical bills. Like, it's so expensive. It especially for chemo. Like, you have to go all the time oh i remember my brother was in the hospital after an accident yeah and he racked up four hundred thirty thousand dollars worth of medical bills unfortunately he had insurance yeah but it's like still what would you do i mean i don't have four hundred thirty thousand dollars I mean, absolutely not. It, medical should not bankrupt you and destroy your whole life. Yeah. In like, my, if you want to live, like, yeah. It's just, do I want to live or, you know, and I think forever. That's what I, I get so, like, angry and upset about, you know, like hearing about people who are not 
fully using their insulin right because they need to conserve it because it's so expensive Expensive. and it's like what the fuck guys yeah anyway no seriously like do i pay rent or do i buy my insulin to stay alive it's like either way yeah it's sad it's very sad here it makes me angry anyways good job jack love you support you michelle it is your turn please get us on a different track i'm gonna hard pass (laughs) (laughs) just not gonna tell a story today no (laughs) Well, interestingly enough, my story very much reminds me of Tahoe because oh. it's about skiing. Okay. And that's, of course, where I learned to ski was oh, in Tahoe. I never everything. skied before or snowboard. Oh, I'm just not good at either one. It just oh. doesn't, I, I don't like to be cold. So. Yeah. I don't know. I got the worst sunburn in my life when I was in Tahoe mm. skiing once. Oh, God. Sounds like I it. have a lot of stories about skiing. None of them good. <laughs> so... Is it about me being run over by other skiers? Yes. Oh, is wow. it about me falling and punching myself in the face? Yes. Is it about me falling and I think giving myself a concussion on ice? Yes. See, it just does not sound fun. No. You don't make it sound fun. Well, because it's not. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, you just probably, did it wrong, Michelle. No, these guys <laughs> think skiing is fun. Okay. But uh, I don't get it. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go, Michelle. Woo woo. Take it away. To myself. That yeah. That sounded weird. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take us back to January of 2020. Oh, so okay. So it's actually kind of close to your story. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I picked this story because of the winter. Oh. You know, we're January. It's January. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. Great. So the story is about Ken Scott. They don't mention her until later, but I'm going to bring it up. It's also about Rebecca Herlin Patano. Hopefully I okay. said that correctly. Yeah. These two guys are avid skiers mm-hmm. and they are heading out to silver mountain resort that had just had like a big snowstorm and so there was like 16 inches of brand new powder oh wow and you know if you're a, a skier or a snowboarder you know that that's like prime the best time prime time okay well said caitlin i remember skiing in fresh snow and like you fall and it's like poof oh. ah, you know it's the best okay. it's a lot of fun and so they were excited they were excited okay. yes ken scott is a self-confessed skiing addict mm-hmm. so he had been a ski patroller oh. for 30 years wow. so he is well versed with skiing well versed with the area He's 55 and he skis like 100 days a year. Wow. So he still skis a lot. His wife, Ruth, is also a big skier, but this day she had other plans. Okay. And so wasn't able to go out and hit that fresh powder like Ken was. So Ken actually met up with his friend, Rebecca, whom Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, and she was also a ski instructor. They knew each other from working together and they just... They're, they've skied together for two decades. Right. They're advanced. They're advanced, I yeah. See. It's not like me rolling out to the bunny slope. <laughs> That's all I'm right. saying. So she was like, can you believe it? 16 inches of snow, let's rock and roll. And right. he's like, this is going to be awesome. So they, they all go together. So they're having a great time skiing. Mm-hmm. They're in a playful mood. They had tackled a bunch of steep runs that had been very exhilarating and fun. Mm-hmm. And they noticed that Wardner Peak, which was a 6,200 feet peak, oh my, was open. It was a challenging expert level run named 16 to 1. Okay. And I sort of tried to look up what 16 to 1 right. means. And That's I, just the name of the slope. Yeah. Okay. I'm still unclear. There's right. 16 shoots and bowls, whatever the fuck that means. Fair enough. So 
They're on 16 to 1. Hey, it was open and they were like, let's go for it. We're going to do it. Yeah. So to get there, you can't just take a ski lift there. You have oh. to take a ski lift to the top uh-huh. and then traverse over there and then head down. So oh. this is for expert skiers. Okay. Poor Michelle goes up there. She's going to be a snowball by the time <laughs> she sees down. the bottom. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, it had been closed a lot because of concerns about avalanches. Mm. But just that morning, they had set off 13 explosive charges to sort of clear the area of avalanche snow. <laughs> just in case just in case okay. and so they were able to open it because they had gotten Done all that. this like sort of potential avalanche snow i don't know what else to call it right. off the peak okay okay so it was open and they were like rebecca was like what do you think and ken was like let's do it right let's get over there again there's no direct chairlift so they made their way over and ken and scott actually recognized a few other regulars that mm. they knew um, from their years of working together. So there's Warren Keyes, 67, Bill Fuzak, which was 52, and Carl Humphreys, 58. 67? That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, go well done, guys. down the expert. Hey, go, yeah. good for you, man. Once again, hashtag not Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was excited to be there. Um, it was the first major snow in the, snow ski, in the ski season. It was going to be super powdery and wonderful and everything. That they it's lit. For. Yeah, Gen Z would say. Well put. That shit was off the chain. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's not right. It's lit. Off the chain was back in your day, Michelle. You can fuck off, Caitlin. It was lit. Off the chain. (laughs) Uh, I hate everything about you, just FYI. (laughs) So they reached the crest of the slope of 16 Mm. to 1. Okay. And Rebecca uh, excitedly, like, looks back to Scott, and Scott was, like, grinning and excited, and off they go. Okay. Almost immediately, the snow gave way underneath Rebecca. Oh. And she realized, like, within a second, oh, fuck, there's an avalanche. Already? Already. They knew almost immediately. So she yelled back to Ken... There's an avalanche, uh-huh. and fortunately, they had both been sort of trained to handle avalanches because they had been on the slopes for so many years. Okay, yeah. But he responded, and he was like, this is happening. Here mm-hmm. we go. And almost instantly, they were both pummeled by these heavy slabs of snow Ugh. that were coming down on them. Oh, my gosh. And it turns out that that snow carried them almost 500 feet <gasps> down the slope. Oh, my gosh. So, and Rebecca sort of just felt it enclose her. She was trying to move quickly and get her back and shoulders up out of the snow. Uh-huh. But she felt it, the snow against her neck. And then she saw all the space in front of her sort of fill in and realized that she was completely encapsulated in oh snow. Oh, my gosh. And then poor Ken, he was also swept downhill and his feet were sort of ripped out from underneath him. And he knew what you needed to do was sort of swim upwards and try to keep your head up. Like that's the key to Mm, avalanches, as it turns out. You want to swim and keep your head up. But he ended up just getting tumbled around like laundry in the dryer Mm. and just started going down. The the snow was too powerful and he just ended up kind of way down underneath the snow. My gosh. Once again, I know. Could you even imagine? No, absolutely not. Ugh. 
I hate snow. Yeah. Pretty to look at. I don't want to be in it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. So Ken finally came to a rest point. Mm-hmm. So the snow sort of settled down. And he was lying on his left side, almost completely buried, with his skis and poles sort of still attached to him. So his skis are okay. still on his feet. Poles are still in his hands. Okay. There was about a foot of snow on top of him, um, but he could still see daylight. He could move his right hand in his forearm. And so in his cocoon, he was able to clear the snow away from his face. Okay. That's the other thing that you should do, like, almost immediately if uh-huh. you get in, engulfed in snow, is yeah. try to get the snow away from your face to give yourself some breathing room. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He told himself, it's a shallow burial, I can breathe, I'm alive, stay composed. Mm. Like, don't freak the fuck out. Right. Which is, I'd be like crying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Rebecca, come get me. So Rebecca, (laughs) (laughs) she ended up partially buried uh, in a a tight squatting position. Oh. So she was able to scoop away a lot of the snow and actually managed to pull herself out. So, well done, Rebecca. Absolutely. Now her rescue training has kicked in. So she's looking around for her fellow skiers. She's looking for Ken. She's looking for Warren, Bill, and Carl. Right. And she can kind of see humps in the snow. (laughs) And so she's thinking that's that's them. Oh, my gosh. So she looks uphill where she last saw Ken, and she's shouting her name. And then she sees this pole poke through the top of the snow. And it's Ken <gasps> responding to his name. Like, Aww. I hear you. Bonk. This is where I am. Poke, yeah. poke. <laughs> poke, poke. Yeah. So he was only about 10 feet away. And she also, of course, called out for uh, for Warren, Bill, and Carl. But they were further down the slope and they were partially buried. They were able to respond to her, but she decided to, like, go get Ken first. He was the first one. He was oh, closest. right. Okay. Ken couldn't move hardly at all in the under the weight of the snow even though ken was pretty far under the snow he felt pretty confident that he could survive it Mm. and so when rebecca knew where he was he knew it was just sort of a matter of time before Before. he was unearthed from the snow so he just had to stay calm and wait and not panic i see he was able to get his right hand free and cleared about a foot and a half of snow above his face for more breathing room uh, which he knew was crucial. You right. Know, again, you got to be able to, otherwise you're just going to be like breathing in your own carbon dioxide. So mm. you need more room to let more oxygen in. I see. He was taught by the ski patrol to take small breaths to conserve oxygen. Okay. So he was just sort of breathing shallowy, shallowy, is that a word? Sure, now it yeah. is. Yeah, well said. <laughs> he was trying to focus on positive thoughts and staying calm. And so Rebecca knew that she had to reach the other other skiers and uncover them quickly so that they could breathe. So she just focused on, we're alive, be fast, stay in control. So it was several minutes after the avalanche had struck and she knew that Scott was probably okay because he had poked the pole out and she could sort of see him digging himself out a I little see. bit. Okay. So she focused on going downhill to try to get our other guys out. So Bill was buried up to his neck. So she got above him and just started scooping Mm -hmm. the snow out from around him. And then the air around her suddenly exploded. What? Yeah. It was like this big woof. 
And it was the sound of another avalanche. <gasps> what? Yeah. So they had the one avalanche and now there's a second avalanche. Oh, no. On the way. And this one, unfortunately, was much bigger than the first one. Why? Was it like dynamite again or was it just? No, uh, I think it was just. Um, once one happened, it just kind of like an yeah. aftershock type thing. Yeah. And I think there was just so much snow in this area that it was just sort of coming tumbling down the mountain mm. so it was tons of snow right coming at him and before she could even like turn around she got slammed in the back with this wall of white snow oh coming at her gosh and so she was tossed over bill's head and carried another 20 feet downhill but once again fortunately she was only partially buried okay so Dang. luckily i know rebecca was like very lucky I mean, kind of the hero of the whole thing I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to say so most of the hill had gone actually over her body and then continued downhill interesting so it kind of went over her and kept on going so she was able to free herself oh, um, good. but when she looked around the mountain she realized that everything looked completely different than <gasps> it had just a couple minutes ago they don't see the bumps it's all just smooth probably that's oh. pretty much exactly correct there was, well, not, there was new mounds in the snow uh-huh. that were not there before where there had been none. Oh. And so she, all of her points of reference uh-huh. where it's like, Bill is over there by this thing. weird thing in the snow. Uh-huh. That weird thing in the snow was gone. Oh, and so I don't know where Bill no. is anymore. I don't know where Ken is. I don't know where any of the folks are. So there was no signs of anybody. <gasps> oh. So... There's no signs of Ken, Bill, Warren, mm-hmm. and Carl had never even reappeared the last time. And so she didn't see him. She realized that her friends had truly been buried alive right. at this point. So Ken hears the roar and he immediately knew that the second avalanche was happening. Right. Okay. And he was like, I'm dead Ugh. already, you know? And so... It didn't actually budge him where he was because he was already buried. Right. But now, instead of just like a foot and a half of snow on top of him, he has nine feet of nine snow. Nine feet? Nine feet of snow. Holy cow. The world has gone completely black and completely silent. <gasps> he can't see or hear anything. Oh my gosh. I know. That <laughs> is just sickening. That's like scary. He is completely immobile. Ugh. The only thing he can move, he can move his toes in his boot. No. And he can blink his eyes inside <gasps> his goggles. Oh but that God. is it. The breathing space that he had cleared yeah. was completely gone. And now he's like still on his left side, but the snow pressed down on him so heavily that he just couldn't even move anything. Mm. He said he couldn't even twitch a finger. Oh my gosh. Like, could you even imagine? No. I can't even imagine. You are literally buried alive. My gosh. He said it was like being completely paralyzed. Oh. He was just completely cemented into the snow. And he couldn't even expand his chest enough to take a full, full breath. Oh, so he gosh. just was gasping and taking in small oh. breaths as he could. He knew he had to try to survive a second time. Right. So The he, first time seemed a little more hopeful. Like, I'm right here. Yeah, waiting. I got my pole out. Yeah. I'm able to move my arms some. Yeah. And now he's just completely Ugh. engulfed and cocooned in this snow. Cemented in. Yeah. So he created like a mental checklist of mm-hmm. uh, what he was wearing. 
So I've got my hat, I've got my goggles, I've got my poles. And what he realized as he was doing this, that there was nothing on top of the snow to indicate where he was. Mm. So it actually probably even depressed him even further. Right. And he's like, what about my friend Rebecca? What is going on with her? Was she okay? Or is she buried? What's going on? And he knew that the patrols had no idea where they had been skiing. And just, you know, because they were, they had traversed that long thing. And, you know, they were just kind of these five guys off on their own. And Rebecca was the only person that they thought could maybe even help a Mm. little bit. Ken also knew that his chances of survival were small. He had a 90% chance of living if the rescuers got to him within 15 minutes. Oh. But he knew that plummeted to 30% if it had been over 30 minutes. Because oh. now he's worried about asphyxiation. Oh, Like, it's I only, see. he doesn't have a lot of oxygen. And actually, that's what kills most avalanche folks. Can't I don't breathe. know. Yeah, yeah that makes they sense. Can't yeah. Avalanche They're... victims, that's the word I'm looking for. God. <laughs> they die from asphyxiation or suffocation. So now he's just trying to fight back panic right (laughs) he thought of his family his wife his daughter his grandkids and he just felt completely helpless and doomed which i can imagine that's probably how i would also feel and he was like this isn't how i want to go out this isn't how i want to die so his training had sort of helped him stop the panic So he was able to calm down and realize that panicking was going to be completely useless and actually not only useless, but probably dangerous. So he really just, he would end up like breathing in too much air, Mm -hmm. you know, from freaking out. And so he just started calming himself down and he sort of let out a mighty scream to let himself like kind of let all that adrenaline out. But he knew that that no one would ever hear it. Mm. So Rebecca now is actually has been able to dig herself out. So again, again, and she was able to get to her phone and she didn't have the phone number to the ski patrol, but she did know some of the staffers that were there. She had some of their phone numbers. Oh, wow. Okay. So she calls this guy, Ernie, and he happened to also be a friend of Ken's. So Ernie picks up the phone. He's like, hey, Rebecca, long time no see. Like, how are you? She's like, shut up. I got to. We need help. There's been an avalanche on 16 to 1 and Ken is in it and you need to bring help. So word spread quickly and soon all the Silver Mountains patrols and skiers were heading over to the avalanche site with shovels and 10 foot poles. Oh, wow. And the reason they brought the poles is so they could like probe down into right. the snow and you know see if they feel anybody you know if it hits anything <laughs> poke, poke, yeah yeah Ew, ow that was my shoulder <laughs> but she didn't wait for them so she started go- going over to all the different piles of snow and just sort of dig trying Aww. to dig and see what she could find she knew that her friends lives depended on her right yeah she knew the time limits yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so now poor ken is of course nine feet under that sounds terrible nine feet under snow (laughs) six feet under i apologize and he is drifting between terror and panic he's trying to like keep it cool how can you though how can not well and his rib cage was so compressed that he could just take this like smallest of breaths yeah my gosh and he was he like just fought to stay positive by just focusing on his breathing but he just was like 
I'm dead. This right. is it. And he knew now that 30 minutes had like come and gone. And so his window of being able to survive was just getting smaller uh. and smaller. But what Ken didn't know is that 10 minutes after that second avalanche, Rebecca was able to, of course, reach out to Ernie. And there was 50 rescuers mm-hmm. on the slope, like ready oh, wow. and searching for That's him. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. They were just a ton of them and coming. They were marshalling the troops and Rebecca was staying calm and was pointing out where she thought her friends were. Like yeah. Ken was over there. Bill was over there. Right. You know. And so they're going down and inserting the probes down into the deep snow, hoping to hit and locate anything. Right. So they went down the mountain. They would say probe, right, probe center, probe left, take a step. Probe right, probe center. And so these like 50 guys were kind of in a line, slowly making their way down down the mountain, probing as they go. So 40 minutes into the search, they were, they made a strike (gasps) and they were like, a strike. And so they were able to uh, unbury Bill. (gasps) Bill. So he was unconscious, but alive. And he was dug out for more than nine feet. Of Holy snow again, cow. you know. And so, seeing where Bill was pulled out, Rebecca sort of had a better idea of where, where she else. was. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So she pointed to the some spot like ten feet away where she thought Ken probably mm-hmm. was, and she's like, "There, move faster, go, go." They started looking for him and started probing down. Mm-hmm. So Scott under our nine feet of snow, was struggling to breathe, as we know. He was frustrated. His 30 minutes had come and gone. Right. And he had resigned himself to death. Ugh. But for some reason, he wasn't dying. Oh. And he was like, why is this dragging on so long? Right. Like, I should have been taken off to the quiet abyss. Right. <laughs> now, he didn't say that. That was my own ablet. That's good. <laughs> so Ken is wondering why he's not dying mm-hmm. and why it's dragging on. And then he felt sort of this new sensation. And it was this feeling of warmth that he knew was a sign of hypothermia. Oh, no. And so he's like, soon I'll be asleep. And I'll just be able, and this hell will be over. Yeah. So he's pretty much just like under the snow, almost praying for death. Like, when is this coming? And so he then felt a slight pressure on his hip. Oh. And he was like, was that a probe? Uh And he was like, I hope I feel it again. I hope I feel it again. But a minute's passed, and then two minutes, and he <gasps> didn't feel anything more. Oh, no. And so he realized that someone had probably put the probe down, but didn't realize that they had actually oh struck gosh, somebody. No. So the probe was gone, no. and his flicker of hope vanished along with it. That's so sad. So he realized that they moved in a grid. Like, you know, the the right, center, left, take a step that his like sort of one in a million chance of him being struck with a probe was probably gone because they probably had moved forward a step and walked right over him. But then he felt a sudden vibration and he realized that somehow the pressure around his body was changing and he thought he could hear snow shovels. Oh, so they did find him. Yes, they did find him. Oh, good. Okay. He started shouting and hoping that anyone would hear him above him. And it took the rescuers five minutes to dig down into the nine feet of snow and uncover Ken's face. He still had his goggles on. 
So he's like gulped in the breath of like fresh air and there were 30 or 40 people like all huddled around him digging him out. Right. And they were like smiling and just continued to dig him free and everyone was elated. He couldn't believe it. He had just survived two avalanches. So his arms were freed and he spotted Rebecca among the rescuers and just pulled her down on top of him and just hugged her. And she's like, let me go. And he's like, I can't. So sweet. (laughs) So he was able, they ended up getting him out and he just continued smiling and hugging her. So Ken, Bill, Warren, and Rebecca survived, but unfortunately Carl did not make it. He was engulfed in the snow and it was, it was too much. Uh, Rebecca has some, like, a little post-traumatic stress. I bet. And as does Ken, which they both were in counseling for. But they were able to get out with almost no injuries. Wow. And nine days later, they were back on the slopes. Ready to ski. And... I can't even fucking no. imagine. So that's still hard that you couldn't save everyone. I'm sure she has that guilt. Oh, but she did awesome. I know she, she was like on top of it. Yeah. Fortunately, one of them was able to get out of the snow, right, and call for help. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they probably would have all, all been lost. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Makes me never want to ski again. No. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's just so scary. Oh. Just, avalanches are just terrifying, dude. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Mm. Well, if you're ever caught on an avalanche, try to swim your way up yes. and keep your head as up as you can. Right. So. And give myself some breathing room. Yeah. And start trying to dig out the... If you can, try to keep right. your arms free. But, you know, who even knows? Yeah. I can't even imagine. Like, you see some of these avalanches and mm-hmm. it's just so much snow. Right. And it's just... Ugh. I can't even I've imagine. seen some videos of dogs digging... Pe- like digging people out mm. and like someone's recording like up they made a little cove for themselves and you can see the dog like, kah, 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 like <laughs> digging through <laughs> like good job that's the only thing that would have probably made this story better is and maybe a if, dog. A, if a german shepherd had right. come and rescued everybody exactly no oh, yeah oh wow well good uh, again like i like it freaks me out. Freaks me out. Yeah. The idea, like, the claustrophobia yeah. of just being completely and not being able to move. And it has to be so cold. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, fortunately, they're probably all in waterproof and lots yeah, of warm clothes. But that's true. But it's just ice packed all around you. Yeah. Forget it. Oh. Absolutely not. I don't even know how I go outside, frankly, sometimes. That's what, I, that's what we said last time. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just stay inside. Yeah. That's you what know? it's going to be. Yeah. Sorry about it. No adventure okay. for Michelle. She's no. just hanging inside. I'll do yeah. something eventually. We'll you just see. wait. You know. <laughs> I think Disneyland's are only like going out. Like <laughs> adventure out. See some characters, ride some rides. Like, yeah. All right. That was great. It's five o'clock. It's time to go home. Yeah. It's almost dark. We haven't been to the Star Wars land, so No indeed. Yeah. I see? would like to go to that. Exactly. Wow. Well, there's okay. no snow there. So No, yeah. California. Hey. <laughs> no snow. That's- well those are awesome stories i really did enjoy those a little bit of panic attack for all of it like my goodness well welcome back michelle very very happy to be recording together again in person in person so uh yeah great stories and uh we hope you guys enjoyed this episode i don't know how chaotic it was I guess it feels pretty chaotic and in my mind you're gonna have a hell of a time it's good it's like me like oh I said oh my god 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and stick around because Michelle's going to be around for a little bit. So woo, we're going to pre-record woo, some woo. stuff. So uh, we'll see you next time though, guys. Hell yeah. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>